0: but for now, let's get to the episode. Part of the Evolution Exposed Exposed series, posted March 29, 2023, titled Do We Need God to Stay Regular? featuring Sir Sick.
1: We are putting on a conference called Evolution Exposed. We pulled in experts on the subject of evolution for a total of 11 speakers and gave them just 15 minutes to give us their best. And on top of all that, a one hour Q&A panel session. You're going to love Evolution Exposed. Anyone can refute evolution. Due to the zoo, to me and you. All that a fairy tale. Not allowed to ask questions. It made evolution look
0: ridiculous. That was the foolishness of atheism. I yeah. knew I was going to get corrected. No, I wasn't even listening to your answer. Uh, Eric, <laughs> this now. guy might be coming for you. Welcome to Apologia and another installment of Evolution Exposed Exposed. Our claim-by-claim investigation of the Creation All-Star Mega Seminar. If you'd like to catch the series from the beginning, tap on the playlist above my head. And if you've
2: arrived here from my channel, welcome to the other part of this collaboration. Arguably, the better part. You're in the right place.
0: Either way, our previous videos have covered Dr. Jason Lyle's first two points, the reliability of senses and rationality, so we're into the homestretch. Point three of his three-point sermon.
1: Finally, regularity in nature. We use the scientific method to discover patterns in nature.
2: Correct! Gold star, etc. If this keeps up, I'm not sure why I'm even here. I mean,
0: this is an all-star
2: mega-seminar. Uh, I don't think that answers my question.
1: And that would be insane. It would be totally unreasonable if there were no patterns in nature. The only crazy person around here is me, baby. Now, In the Christian worldview, we expect to find patterns in nature, because the universe is designed and upheld by the mind of God. You know, it's funny that in a world that is full
2: of patterns, someone might invent a God that enforces those patterns. It's almost like God was written to fit the world as the people of the time understood it, which is also why, as we
1: do understand the world better, he tends to fit it worse and worse. In the Christian worldview, we expect to find patterns in nature. The same God that designed my senses to probe the universe and designed my mind to understand my observations created the universe. And those, so those three things go together. The ra- Assuming that all those
2: things are true, well, that sounds suspiciously like circular reasoning. Okay, it's a triangle, but still, unfortunately, it presupposes that there is a god already, and if you don't
1: do that... It all falls apart. The reliability of our senses, the rationality of the mind, regularity in nature.
2: It of course also falls apart when you scrutinise his summary. First, that senses are reliable. Flat earthers would claim that the world is flat based on their reliable senses, ETC. The claims that minds are rational. Have you met people? And even the regularity of nature. There is regularity in nature, but there is also a bunch of things that are completely irregular to the point where they make no sense whatsoever.
1: Like, seriously, what is that even supposed to be? Hey, but in a secular worldview, there is no mind behind nature. So why expect to find rational patterns in a chance universe? It makes no sense. We don't expect to find them.
2: We just do find them and build our explanations for how things work around those observations. Unfortunately for you, none of those observations so far happen to be a big sign that says, me am God and I totally did a universe.
1: And you see, that would be helpful. Einstein once famously said, The eternal mystery of the world is its comprehensibility. The fact that it is comprehensible is a miracle.
2: Ah, good, a quote. And of course, as we all know, much like the plural of anecdote is evident, the plural of quote is scientific
1: facts. And I don't think he meant that in a Christian sense. He just meant that it's amazing. But you see, I can make sense of comprehensibility of the universe because there's a mind behind it. And yet,
2: isn't it strange that there are plenty of events that have no apparent mind behind them that we
1: can make sense of? And the same mind is the mind that made my mind. That's why the universe is comprehensible. He's just repeating himself now. But many secular physicists are fond of the saying... The most incomprehensible thing about the universe is that
2: it is comprehensible. Can't say that I've ever heard of any of them, but okay. To be fair,
0: that's a quote from Albert Einstein's 1931 essay, The World As I See It. He was a secular physicist of some renown. Well, he would say that. Yes, I had to look it up. I'm a big fan of looking things up.
1: But I would argue in the Christian worldview, that makes perfect sense. Shame the rest of it doesn't. One particular aspect of science is induction. Science is primarily an inductive endeavor.
2: i I'm sure there's a joke about inducing birth in there somewhere. Just know it. But this is a classy channel, or so I hear, thus I will refrain.
1: Newton, when he's observing the apple falling and discovers there's a force between the apple and the earth, he doesn't just assume that that works for that one apple at that one time, he assumes that it works for all apples everywhere on earth. And in fact, it's a universal principle, the principle of gravity.
2: It's always fun when someone is perfectly happy to go with one scientific theory that has been rigorously tested, but completely dismisses another that has also been rigorously tested because they don't like it. Now, how could you know that apart from the Krishna worldview? Because you have seen other apple trees and at no point did any of the apples on those trees fall into the sky or sideways or teleport into your hand or turn into a little apple robot that then takes over society. Every single time, assuming you're not stood in the middle of a tornado, apples fall off of trees
0: and go towards the Earth. How do you know that in the future, when you drop an apple, it will fall? We don't, in fact, know that. It's merely a reasonable assumption given that we've never observed otherwise. Uniformitarianism is a presupposition. As soon as we observe otherwise, We will adjust our understanding and assumptions.
1: How do you know that in Antarctica, if you drop an apple, it will fall? If you've not been there to observe that, how do you know that?
0: This is not nearly as
2: smart as he thinks it is, and his smug face is quite the sight.
1: Well, in the Christian worldview, I can make sense of that, because the same God who upholds The world here upholds Antarctica, and so it's going to obey the same rules. It answers to the same creator.
2: Okay, so let's assume that there is no God, but we lived in a universe that just happened to have these rules. What would you expect to happen to dropped objects? Would it be the thing that always happens, or would you expect to see some random event every time simply because no one is apparently enforcing them?
0: It is only a universe with a supernatural being who's willing to suspend laws of nature that one would not expect uniformitarianism. Instead, one would be unsurprised to see laws of physics violated. Oops, there goes God again. Every time the apple falls to the ground unimpeded, it makes a God slightly less likely.
1: I can expect that things will work in the future as they have in the past, because God, the same God who upholds the future, upheld the past. And so in the Christian worldview, we expect to find patterns in nature because... God has imposed patterns on his universe.
2: You know, gods often remind me of the puddle metaphor. If you invent a god to explain how things happen, then you are going to, to the best of your understanding, design that god to fit the world as you understand it. It would be really weird if you didn't. Hey, if he can repeat himself, so can I.
1: But in a chance universe, there'd be no reason to expect any kind of regularity at all.
2: Good job we don't live in a chance universe. Science guys and blabs will often tell you that the universe, life and the diversity therein are not the result of chance. That's just a straw man. You have this weird habit of always pulling out and then burning down. You know, that's awfully pagan of you.
0: God really doesn't like that. To be clear, it is not posited that the universe is a result of chance. It is posited that matter and energy have properties, have always had those properties, in whatever way it's coherent to talk about always absent time, and that those properties dictate regularity.
1: Regularity between past and future? It doesn't make any sense. But in the creation world view, we have a promise from God.
2: God's promises are like my promises. They are grand and very appealing a lot of the time. But for some reason, I never do anything about them. And why should I when people keep believing that I'm ever going to share my whiskey? Even though I've literally never done that, it's
1: mine, go away. In Genesis 8.22, again, this is a creationist principle. Genesis 8.22, God promises that the basic cycles of nature will be in the future, as they have been in the past, as long as the Earth remains. Seriously, how
2: do you not get that people wrote that? You know what would be an impressive thing for the Bible to do? For it to say that everything about the Earth will randomly change for no reason, and that God is predicting that, and for that to happen. That would be impressive but to say that things will be how they have always been is just about the safest bet in the entire universe.
0: Almost as safe as writing a book filled with wild claims and predicting in advance that some people won't believe them. And he, it, he gives specific examples, the day and night cycle, the seasons, and through science we've been able
1: to discover other patterns that God holds constant.
2: <laughs> but for some reason, he
1: didn't feel the need to include any of those in the Bible. Weird. And you see, God is in a position to know the future because he's beyond time. He's omniscient anyway. And he's the one that's causing the universe to behave in a regular fashion. So we have a very good reason to believe that there will be regularity in the universe in the future, just as there has been in the past.
2: Yeah, because the world is absolutely being completely regular. And there's absolutely no changes to the seasons and weather patterns at all. Because climate change isn't a thing. Nope. Although, I assume climate change denial is one of the many creationist hats. I mean, it can't be happening if God didn't know about it, can it? That or the Bible was written by people who had no concept of anthropogenic climate change,
1: but that would just make too much sense. And you can bank on that. You can count on it. Nope. And so we can use past experience as a basis for what is likely to happen.
2: In the future, hasn't he been claiming that this whole time that it will happen, not that it is likely? Hmm.
1: Now everyone assumes that, but only the Christian has a as a logical reason for of assuming that principle. Apart from the fact that
2: no, all other religions that make the same or similar claims, what are they? Chopped liver.
1: Most secularists, if you ask them, why is it you believe that past experience is useful for predicting future? In- Success.
2: I don't know about success, but if one were to simply predict completely random and unexpected outcomes for things with known parameters, they would be wrong 99.9% of the time. And that's just a little too wrong for me. I'm not a creationist after all.
1: They would say, well, because it's always been that way. See? But when they say it's always been that way, and they they assume therefore it will continue to be that way in the future, they're assuming that the future will be like the past, the very question I'm asking them to defend.
2: It's not just about the past, it's about all the other pasts that used to be the futures.
1: And so they really can't answer that question on their own worldview without begging the question. I'm sorry, what
0: assumption are we making? That the universe operates by consistent natural laws is an observation without exception. As soon as we observe otherwise we will adopt a different principle.
2: That's just it. By and large, science doesn't function on assumptions, it functions on evidence. All we know is that the world works the way it does. The reasons why are what we strive to understand. The only person begging the question is this guy, when he says there is a god, and he did A, B, C, and wants X, Y, Z.
1: And so, in conclusion, literally every discovery that has been made in science is a confirmation of biblical creation because it could not have been made without the reliability of senses, the rationality of the mind, and regularity in nature. Bollocks.
2: Am I allowed to say that does it count as a swear if
1: it's an English one? Bollocks, bollocks. 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 Without those three principles, creationist principles, no scientific discovery could be made. Okay, sure
2: thing, pal. That's obviously why creationists are considered at the forefront of every scientific field blazing a trail across the world of science and technology that those dumb secular scientists can't even hope to keep up with. They're flying future space cities of the elite creators boy smart guys do
1: blind us all with their magnificent glory. And that's why I'm not particularly worried about some new discovery that allegedly disproves creation because I know that that discovery could not have been made unless biblical creation were true. And if you understand that, it is a very, very powerful principle. A.K.A. I'm right because I'm
2: right because I'm right because I'm right. Darn, it's turtles all the way down, isn't it?
1: I've written a book on this topic called The Ultimate Proof of Creation. You can get that on our website. Of
2: course he has a book, but I'm okay, thanks. I have plenty of uncomfortable toilet paper already.
1: And I want to thank you very much. I
2: really want to thank Paul for letting me bring down the quality of his content. It's a bold strategy and I hope it works out for him. If you enjoyed my irreverent nonsense with a vague hint of a good point, please feel free to check out my channel. Cheers again.
0: Next time on Evolution Exposed Exposed, Ark Encounter sign writer, Tim Chafee, weighs in on evolution as a worldview.
1: We're gonna start with the word of the one who knows all things, who's always been there and who cannot lie and he's told us what he what he did.
0: I think Tim means in the Bible. Too bad that the people who agree that God isn't lying can't agree on what it is he said. Tap on the video on screen now, and I'll see you over there. Later.